Master Robin, is that you? Yes! Or back from the crusade? Yes! And alive? Yes! <gasps> Happy day! Welcome to the Bulgarat Tours, where we discuss the filmographies of genre filmmakers. We are nearing the end of our series on the movies of Mel Brooks. Today we are discussing Robin Hood, Men in Tights. I'm Paco. I'm Terry. No, you're not. (laughs) (laughs) I'm Terry. You're Jason. I really don't want to talk about this movie. I didn't think it was that bad. I don't think it's that bad. I just have struggled to come up with things to sort of think about saying for it, you know? Um, it's That's not fair. a movie with a lot to it. If that makes sense. Yeah. I mean, but does any Mel Brooks movie really have, like, that much? Like, I think they have things, like, in terms of interesting I, themes or like, I mean, that's, that's where fair. it is in the career. That's this... fair. I, I, I was re-listening to some of our uh, Blazing Saddles talk, and we were, like, we were, like, digging real deep on that one. I was like, wow, dude, we were, like, kind of fresh on Brooks then. Like, it's... It, it, you can tell that, like, the, the films... All, well, the films have also changed. Like, I think Blazing Saddles is a better film, obviously, in a lot of ways. But, like, yeah, we, we were, like, going real, like, fart sniffy there. Yeah, it's funny. Uh, I think if you listened to, like, the maybe third-ish episode of each director, and then our final episode of each director, that'd be a common uh, (laughs) sort of trajectory. I believe it. Where we ride high-ish, and then we're like, just so fucking done by (laughs) the end. (laughs) And like, unfortunately, most directors' best movies aren't their last like three or four, you know? So the last three or four are almost always a slog. That's true. Yeah, that's totally fair. It's a bummer, man. But that goes without saying, like, I, I was, like, digging, diving deep into David Cronenberg, and I had to kind of take a break, because it's also intense as fuck, especially, like, throughout the mm-hmm. 90s period and, and later. Uh, so it's yeah. good to take a break, and sometimes it's like, I love Mel Brooks. No, dude, it happens. I, I stopped watching Ozu movies for a few months. You realize we could hypothetically just do uh, Verhoeven and Cronenberg next year because they both got movies coming out? Yeah, we should do that. That would be a great fucking year. Man, Cronenberg has a lot of movies though, right? So does Verhoeven. Uh, That's fair. We might have to do something with a bunch of his because the early Dutch movies are hard to find. Yeah, I was going to say, I don't know if we'd be able to do that too. But yeah, Cronenberg's got like 30, and I think Paul has 15 or 20. 
What's the most you guys have watched so far for a director? Bay? Yeah, Bay. It's got to be Michael Bay. He had a shitload. Or Fuqua. 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 Uh, let me check my letterbox stats. Uh, Bay has 13 movies. Fuqua has 12. Okay, Bay. and then Brooks has 11, right? Brooks will have 11, yeah. But yeah. Bay felt the longest. And God, Jesus, like, by yeah. the second, no, by the first Transformers, I was exhausted because I knew there was, like, eight more <laughs> or Dude, those well, there's so just so like, bad. And all just his so movies are three hours long. Yeah. We're going to have to redo that. that series with you, Terry. So next season, <laughs> I mean, we could announce this now. I don't know. Maybe this is okay a time to do it, but we're going to redo it. Um, Terry, you're going to be alone. It's going to be a one-man show of us watching you <laughs> melt down. <laughs> While I watch Transformers. Yeah. <laughs> There's no reason a Transformers movie should be three hours long. And no. uh, <laughs> Oh, my God. I, I hate that, like, Peter Jackson brought that back, and it, it's okay because the Lord of the Rings deserve that treatment, but like everyone else thinking it's okay, that's a problem. Yeah, but the ridged, yep. lived-in world of the Transformers movies really demanded like at least three hours. Otherwise, you wouldn't see drunk Merlin rushing <sighs> off to get Autobots to help uh, protect in like the English Civil War. I don't know. It that was... sounds dope. Oh, I mean, it, Stanley Tucci as a drunk Merlin in a Transformers movie. Wait, that's... Stanley Tucci was a was Merlin? Yes. Yep. And, and it starts the movie, and you're like, oh, I'm so fucking on board if this is the movie. And then it's not the movie. And you're like, <laughs> yeah, oh, that's the first time. It's literally, minute. like, eight minutes. Oh, I was, and like, then... on board. That was the best time I've spent in a Transformers movie, was like, oh, this is going to be fucking nuts if it's like, what, Dragonheart, but with drunk Stanley Tucci mm-hmm. and, like, a dragon <laughs> The only Transformers I want to see now is a period piece about the Transformers in World War II. Like, I want to see them doing, like, the French Resistance. Okay. Uh, Like, Army of Shadows, but with Optimus Prime. Uh, Well, so, they they actually kind of made that show. The new one on Netflix is kind of like the Autobot Resistance... Uh, as like Cybertron is like uh, crumbling under the, under the weight of like civilization. <laughs> no, dude, it's basically that. I'm not even kidding you. That is it. Good. I watched uh, I watched one episode and it was actually pretty decent. <laughs> but you know I have a soft spot for uh, animated programming. Like, but I don't know, man. I'm really into the Bad Batch. I'm really pissed off. It's only one episode. Man, I, yeah, I they do it week it. by week. Really? Yeah, I got like five. That's I, fair. I think I watched for like ten minutes, so I haven't. Really I mean, it's fully... so maybe you should watch seven seasons of the Clone Wars, and you'll like it. I don't know, but it could I mean, be. I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm kidding. Too, where I was just like, uh, yeah, yeah. Like... I, I, I really because the thing that I liked most about the Clone Wars was that all the clones uh, were unique like that. Uh, the Bad Batch really kind of takes it to another level where, like, all of them, like, even look unique. Whereas, like, mm-hmm. in the Clone Wars, they just had, like, tattoos mm-hmm. and occasionally different colored hair. But uh, it would just be, it, like, they couldn't animate it as well back then. But, like, all of the clones have different personalities, and it's pretty dope. I got as far as, I didn't get that far because things kept coming up and I forgot to go back to it. But I saw the first Bad Batch episode, at least, uh, where they're, like failing boot camp over and over again 
and you mean in the first Clone Wars? In the Clone episode? Wars, yeah, in like season one or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah. that was a fun thing. And I Arc Troopers, that's a good episode. Yeah, is that the episode where Jason Momoa is like in the desert and then just straight up like cannibalizes someone? <laughs> yeah, that's the one. Dude, I wish that was what did, it was about. Did, did you guys see the Bad Batch, the uh, Anna Lily uh, Mupor? Uh, no. Movie? It's pretty no. fucking wild. It's like a Mad Max type movie with Jason Momoa, like pre Game of Thrones or whatever, as like mad as a cannibal. That sounds like, kind of metal. It's kind of fucking crazy, but never mind. I know. I would watch that. I'm all over that. Yeah, it's just kind of I, like, like Jason Momoa is one of those guys who like. I think is kind of a real dude. Yeah. Well, like, have you seen those? The it was when the Justice League filming, where like they had the after party. Yeah. And like, there's like one photo where it's, it's like him and Ben Affleck, and like Jason Momoa's got a beer, and he's like, "Yeah, what's up?" Ben Affleck's like, uh, "Kill me now." Yeah. And then like, there's another photo, <laughs> and it's like he's got like two drinks. Momoa does, and Affleck as well is still just kind of like, "Oh my god, he's so drunk." And the third one. Momoa is like t- shirtless and he's like uh, sticking his tongue out at the camera and he's just obviously <laughs> thrashed. And and Ben Affleck is like visibly embarrassed and it's hilarious. That rules. Jason, have you seen The Bad Batch? Yeah, fuck yeah. Did you like it? The the movie? The, yeah, yeah, the NLA. I really dug it. It's it's out there and there's a lot of it that's like challenge, like. It, I don't know. I think it's interesting. You should totally check it out. I think it's she would be a fun one to do once she gets a couple more movies. Yeah, uh, my one of my pickathon coworkers uh, does the scores for her movies. Oh, interesting. Um, and last year he was working on one, so she's got something coming out this year. Uh, assuming things work out, yeah. I, cause I fucking love a girl walks home alone at night. Or yeah, I just is it a girl walks home at dark in the night? No, I can't remember the name ever. Home alone at night. You're right. That's what it is. Yeah. I haven't seen that one either. I just rewatched that because the I'm like catching up on old Joe Bob episodes and stuff, and uh, mm-hmm. it's such a beautiful movie. And totally, I misremembered it because like even Joe Bob makes a reference to it that like. It's called a Western, but he, he it's not really a Western, and it's almost like... It's a Middle this, Eastern. But it was also shot in Los Angeles, and all of those actors were speaking, like, in Farsi. So it's just interesting how almost, like, otherworldly that movie is. It's just fascinating, like, the vibe, and all, like, the, the drilling, like, oil, uh, you know. I would, say, I would call it a McDonald's Eastern. It's like the opposite of a spaghetti western. Yeah, now I'm hungry. Because. Burgers, <laughs> spaghetti. But that movie is really interesting. And yeah, it fucking rules. She would be tons of fun. I guess if we're trying to hit a quota of like a female filmmaker every year, uh, she's one we could do. Don't she have like three movies or four movies? She's got two with the third coming out, I think. Because um, it's just that in the Bad Batch so far, right? Yeah, I think you're right. Maybe like TV. I feel like she's like she's done like some TV episodes and stuff. Like there's so many random awesome directors. Like Kusama's one of them, but who does like one-off episodes and you're like, holy shit, that's cool. Paul Thomas Anderson's doing Tide commercials, and they're the most beautiful. You know, Tom York is getting his 
his pearly whites out. You know, for like one second, I couldn't tell you were joking. <laughs> I wasn't joking as much as pleading to God, please, if you're there listening, repurpose my heaven as Tom York doing his, laundry, his own laundry, trying to sell me Tide, even though we're, we're just in a commercial forever and ever and ever. Yeah, she's mostly just done TV, but uh, she's only got the two features and then what type of tv like did she do an episode of roseanne or like the o'connor's like what what legion castle rock and the twilight zone reboot that kind of stuff that's so cool super genre i really want to like that twilight zone too but i don't i only saw the first two episodes i liked uh how they update the uh the comedian one shatner episode oh yeah uh, to have it be like he's listening to that Dan Carlin podcast uh, and it's telling him what's about to happen and freaking him out. God, that was that was clever. I liked it. I mean, it's nowhere near as good as the original, but it was fun. And I fucking Dan Carlin is kind of a dork, but uh, dude, he's yeah. such a dork. It was so weird to see how like wide like mainstream that like people may not know who he is before that you know like it's just weird to see like i always thought it was kind of a niche like podcast. Nah, he's, like, he's a huge. huge podcaster yeah but he's been doing it for a really long time as well mm-hmm. <laughs> i know it's kind of hard yes <laughs> sorry god <laughs> remember when that was the most embarrassing offspring oh, song man yeah. <laughs> well, there's so many of them. Speaking of embarrassing songs, Robin Hood Men in Tights. We're men. I love the uh, blatant homophobia in that one of, if you mistake me for being queer, then I'm going to put out your lights. Well, there's also the, like, there's also the joke that uh, Mel Brooks makes as well. Yeah, where he, he says like... He down on the F word like twice. Is that, is that how you say not, it in Yiddish? Or is that like a sort I, of made-up word? Because it's kind of sound like a made-up word to me. I think that's like a Spanglish thing. Is it okay? If, it has to be. like. And you know what? If it's not, shame. Shame on the families of Jerusalem or whatever. But Yeah, I don't know. I found like in the song itself, I guess it was homophobic because of the time. But I didn't read it as such in the modern era as much as kind of like like those kind of dudes are always very unconfident in their sexuality yeah. might be a good way to put it and this this one was challenging for those moments because I was like I can't tell how progressive it is uh, sure. because it's more modern than some of the worst of it but it it's still has a lot of parts that seem offensive. I mean, naming the main black character Achu and a sneeze or whatever. A sneeze, yeah. And yeah. uh, in, in having your movie bookended by like this rap group that doesn't serve any narrative process other than like, oh, this is the stiffest, worst yeah. uh, attempt at hip hop. I mean, have you heard Bismarcky? I'd say this is the second worst attempt at hip hop. Well, but all I'm saying is there are other moments like that too, like the little like snapback uh, thing on on Dave Chappelle's hat. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, th- there's, like, clearly a separation. But, I don't know, I don't think this film is trying to be progressive. Like, because there's there's even a callback to uh, the history of the world, where he says it's good, uh, good to be king. Yeah. Like, so, I, I don't think this one's trying to be progressive. I don't think it's trying to be This uh, movie fancy. feels like it is Mel Brooks's final movie. It feels yeah. like he's trying to go out on a bit of a mixtape. Because it references... <laughs> it does. At least four of his movies, right? Uh, and it starts off, I think, the first like line of dialogue is like, you know, we're through with you, Mel... Or, Leave us alone, Mel Brooks. Because yeah. he's lighting all you know, their houses that, on fire. It feels like there's this final oomph to this. And especially after Life Stinks, which was like a huge flop. And it was like a movie that he kind of seemed to put a bunch of his heart into. Mm-hmm. This kind of felt like a retreat back to like comfort. And the times have changed because you're in the 90s, you know. And uh, it just is is strange. Like it's kind of... It's interesting because he's going back into, uh, you know, the Sherwood Forest because he he had this other TV show in the 90s called, or in the 70s called When Things Were Rotten. So, like, he's explored this stuff before, but it it, it feels like a step backwards precisely for that reason. It feels like, for one, there's so many jokes that repeat themselves, which, like, are in different contexts, like the walk this way joke reappears, which is, like, cute. Mm -hmm. But it's, it's less like... like is it a trademark or just trying to rewrite your same joke like this feels like fan fiction like the story was not by mel brooks it was by those two other guys which one was a dentist and so the dentist and then like mel brooks's friend like came up with the pitch to mel brooks but one of the co-writers is literally like a dentist in beverly hills but this (laughs) this feels kind of like a fan fiction of a mel brooks movie yeah. And so I think uh, like I couldn't tell what was written before and what was kind of Brooks rolling with it it and going to it but stealing from yourself from relatively contemporary movies is just such a weird thing to do, you know. Law of diminished returns. And well, but he repeats a lot of the a lot of jokes in his movies though. Like the camera but breaking through the window pane? Never to this extent. Like, this is the first time he, he took jokes from multiple different movies to reuse. You think it's, like, excessive then? Because, like, what if they're still funny? But they aren't, because they just make me think of the better movies that had those I, jokes. I mean, It makes me think of, like, a weird universe thing where it feels like it's all part of the same thing like a Kevin Smith movie where, like, you have characters that are referenced and reappear at random moments and it feels like a universe. I've always kind of felt that way about Mel Brooks is, like, the but it, not that it's, like, a shared universe, but it's, like, the same kind of humor. Like, this, it's one big movie. But it is. I mean, kind of, because the people in this movie set... 700 years before the american west know about uh blazing saddles you know yeah so there's something i don't know i think mel brooks's movies are not known for historical accuracy though either but i guess what i'm getting at is i feel like my issue with this movie is it feels lazy it feels like they're recycling because they can get away with it and a lot of the jokes feel like kind of 
first passes that on previous movies he'd have other writers that aren't dentists like punching up and figuring out ways to make it stronger that's reasonable because there are there are a lot of jokes and a bunch of them don't land (laughs) i'll give you that but there's some like i was nervous to go back to this one because i think um most of the income that uh, Mel Brooks made from this movie came directly from TBS. Like, I remember this always being on, like, <laughs> TV every day. Yep. Like, I would yeah. watch this all the time, and it's like a comfort movie. I think and it's so the Brooks I've like, seen the most because of it was syndicated same. like that. Or yeah, whatever, it, broadcast. In, like, between, like, that and then the, like, 70s cartoon Robin Hood and stuff, it's like, those were really the, my only two, like, like interests in the character but i was nervous to return to this just because like i love it so much it's like i want to keep my love of earnest movies like with that seven-year-old asshole jason versus Mm -hmm. i don't want to like revisit it now and it's it was kind of like that where i was nervous that just like you with Spaceballs, where you were like shit i remembered really digging that and then being kind of like let down in this one, it was it was my low expectations thing that you always boast about, Paco, where it's like, I went in with zero expectations, didn't want any nostalgia, and I just tried to kind of watch it. And it's a mess, but there are, like, a bunch of moments that I was, like, cackling at. There um, are some very funny moments. Like, so what are some of your favorite moments, then? Well, right off the bat, I... Well, okay, there's a lot to talk about, but... um. One of my favorite ones, of course, is the Little John uh, bridge sequence entirely. Uh-huh. It's not mm-hmm. just like the silliness of not Philip Seymour Hoffman, uh, you know, boat like blocking a bridge that's clearly over this shallow little like creek that Dave Chappelle is like jumping to and from and whatever. But it's the idea that it just get, keeps kind of upping this ante. And it's kind of campy and dumb. And then <laughs> Little John, the like this big enormous man, falls into the creek mm-hmm. and screams that he's drowning. Help me! I can't swim! I'm drowning! I'm going to drown! Drowning! In Carrie Elwes, which, uh, shout out, you know, to uh, return of Carrie Elwes to the podcast after uh, Saw, mm-hmm. uh, James Wan shout out, but... Um, <laughs> previous episode. Previous episode. Friend of the pod. Um, yeah. Friend of the pod. Old friend of the... Elwes. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's the idea that, like, he's kind of cheeky, this whole movie, Elwes, and I think that it's, like he's winking at you the whole time in this way that's like he's aware of how stupid all this is and that's kind of inviting and so when he does that and then goes and rescues little john who's like who's yelling and like Mm -hmm. you know that he's drowning and stomping the water and it's just ridiculous and i kind of love that because it's this it, it is this movie he was so good it was kind of distracting because i was thinking to myself like i find him so charming in this why is it 
he didn't make any other movies that have ever really stuck with me. Like Princess like, Bride? I fucking hate Princess Man, Bride. That is, that's wow. Amazing. That's really weird. It's one of the worst movies ever made. Um, See, here I feel like he's like a neutered Jim Carrey. He kind of has the same, like... He's not, he's not as zany, but he's definitely got a similar thing going on. But 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 I feel like he doesn't have the same bounce as like the Princess Bride, you know. Like, but I kind of love the fact that he's he's with you. It like breaks the fourth wall where he's winking with you. Yeah, he's he's charming without being annoying. Yeah, yeah. everything well, in the Princess even Bride a... is so fucking cloying. And there, like... there's even a, there's even a scene where uh, he makes reference to the, I believe it's the Kevin Costner Robin Hood, right? But yeah, he says yeah. like, and I can speak with an English accent, like yeah. And in that same scene, referencing the Errol Flynn uh, mm-hmm. Adventures of Robin Hood, when he cuts the can candelabra or the rope or whatever. Oh yeah, on. yeah, that's right. Yeah, um, it's like little things like that are that are really kind of cute. No, they're fun ones. But Paco, one of my favorite scenes uh, was when they go the like meet up in Sherwood Forest, and uh, of course, there's a scene where he has to like serenade her. And he starts, like, serenading her, and his voice just, like, rises in volume a lot. And, like, she literally jumps back. She's like, ah! Like, and, like, that was I, a good joke. Yeah, yeah, dude. Like, I just because, like, it's it, that's a very meta joke. And, like, you'd have to see a lot of movies, but, like, I cackled. I had to rewind that scene because it was so fucking funny. There were a few jokes oh that worked God. for me, like... People of the forest, give me your ears. And they all throw their ears at her. <laughs> uh, Good people who have traveled from villages near and far. Lend me your ears. That's disgusting. <laughs> and uh, I, the training montage is silly, but I love it. Like uh, when they're trying to teach them how to joust the horses and they all suck at it. Uh, and just fall off against dummies and Chappelle's like wow man maybe we should take the dummies in the bath but on the whole I feel like most of the jokes don't land and the reason this movie is fairly successful I'd say it's as best in the last few I would agree because of the charisma of the cast involved oh yeah like absolutely no that's that's the thing this this movie is no better as far as like what's on paper than like Spaceballs. it's but it's the cast isn't like phoning in the performances because Spaceballs was just like nothing people Mm -hmm. just showed up to collect a check i felt like whereas this one you're right like reese and and elvis like the whole cast is just going well what, what i wrote down was all of the actors are awesome, but they have a shit script. Yeah. Because it's like, mm-hmm. I think that's what makes it more painful. Like, there were big open spaces where I wasn't even thinking it was funny. I thought it was just dumb. And uh, it's just weird seeing uh, these actors give their all with this, like, lukewarm, like... Well, there's some really, like, kind doesn't of... Work. Data jokes too, like the the Patriot missile uh, arrow joke. Like it's just it's weird. Um, I love the like speaking of the other scene with him like serenading her with uh, you know singing and stuff. I love that he goes into the Winston Churchill "We Should Fight on the Beaches" speech. Oh yeah. We shall go on to the end. We shall not flag or fail. We shall fight on the seas and oceans. We shall defend our isle, whatever the cost may be. We shall never surrender. Then they shall save us. Never have so many, oh, so much, to serve you. That was beautiful. What's going on? 
they're asleep. Hey, man. Tough room. Why don't you let me give it a try? Okay. Look at yourselves. Go ahead, take a look around. All people are shared with your been had. Hoodwick. Bamboozle. Run amok. We didn't land on Sherwood Forest. Sherwood Forest landed on us. Thank you. Y'all warmed up. Brother Jew is right. And I say we fight back. Are you with me, yay or nay? Which one means yes? Yay. Yay! <laughs> because it's like his voice and AFED completely change, and I'm like, this is 1993, and you're going into like this Winston Churchill speech, and then it like has this Malcolm X. Yeah, that was like, okay. Is that that's what they were referencing? Super, that's what I thought. Yeah, I, there's all sorts of like random uh, references that you're just like. It just the Malcolm X one was weird. I was like, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. This it, it's it's a strange film. Like I agree with Paco. Like it kind of stands out in some of the later uh, Brooks films, but it's like also not a good movie. And that it's strange because like the pieces are there, they just don't come together. Because again, like yeah, it's got a shit script. Well, the other thing too is that there are mostly new actors and people working with Brooks on this movie. Um, That's true. So he kind of like, and again, it's just kind of a new era of comedy, sort of, where he's trying to kind of remain like biting relevant and relevant. And I feel like that's what kind of makes the last handful of movies more challenging. Especially like Spaceballs, for sure, on its like straight up is kind of sad in that regard. But this is like fun, but would have been more relevant in like the eighties, maybe, or like. But but at the same time, I think it's really like fun too. It's this just feels super like dated. like the pumps, the air pumps, and yeah. the shoes, and I'm like, who would remember that? Who wasn't born in like yeah? I don't know. It's, this feels like things. him trying to make a Zucker Abrams Zucker mm. movie, where yeah. like before that he was making Mel Brooks movies. If that makes sense, mm-hmm. like there's a lot more jokes. But the hit ratio of the joke doesn't necessarily work. And as we've mentioned, like so much of his previous like parody movies have been based around his devotion to the genre. Yeah. And there's a lot of that there, but like, I don't think we would see a rap group if rap was a thing in a different Mel Brooks movie. It's something I would picture seeing in, like, Top Secret, you know? Yeah. It feels like him seeing the uh, new generation of comedy and trying to respond to it. And using an older concept like Robin Hood. Yeah. I mean, a lot of those movies use kind of older concepts, and it wasn't old at the time. Fucking Mm. Kevin Costner's Robin Hood was, like, one of the highest grossing movies of that year. Which was just two years before this came out. Like so, Sean Connery yeah. So, like, it was hip for some reason at that time. <laughs> That's adorable, dude. We were talking before we recorded about how sick we all are 
of superhero movies. Yeah. And Terry was saying he wondered what was coming next. I can only imagine how much it must have sucked in like 1992 to be like, can't believe we've had to watch like four fucking Robin Hood movies in the past two years. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like <laughs> say what you will about superheroes. At least there's like 200 of them. Yeah. Not just the so same guy. Stories. Where yeah. Like, oh, cool. Another origin story. Great. Yeah. <laughs> every superhero movie. It's like, great, we get another Spider-Man. Great. We have another origin story. Dude. Yeah. Like Except Robin Hood might be more boring than Spider-Man. That's a tough yeah. call. I think Robin Hood is a cooler idea, but I think most of the movies aren't very good in either case. You know, speaking of Sean Connery, though, did you know that he was originally supposed to be, uh, what, King... King Richard? Larry or whatever, Richard, uh, who is the, played by Patrick Stewart in this movie. He he was going to actually star in drag, and he had requested... The only reason why he didn't uh, get, like, get uh, the part was because he requested a million dollars to do it, <laughs> but... All, but all of it would go to Scottish charities. Oh, I think that's kind of fucking badass. Like, I mean, Sean Connery is a complicated asshole of a person. But that's kind of dope. Yeah. And that could have been crazy. Like, it's already wild to see Picard, you know, in this weird holodeck Mel Brooks world that he's in. It kind of blew my mind to see Patrick Stewart <laughs> showing up for a cameo in a Mel Brooks movie. Into, like... Oh, there's a custom. That back in my country, there's a custom of the king just makes yeah. out with you, and I'm like, "Whoa, this is this is not the Patrick Stewart I know." My Patrick fiance, his, uh, what do they call that? Prima Noctis. Prima Nocta, yeah. yeah. My fiance had never seen Braveheart, uh, and when we watched <laughs> when we watched Robin Hood last night, uh, we were talking about uh, how fucked up that is, and I was like, "Oh." <laughs> Uh, there's a bad Mel Gibson movie that is oh, yeah. pretty much all about Prima Nocta. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I haven't seen Braveheart in so long. Doesn't that doesn't that also happen in Rob Roy, the one with Liam Neeson? I feel like that's the plot of twelve Liam Neeson movies by this point. Mm. But it's like it's like a similar Scottish kind of thing, and then like his wife gets raped. I don't know, man. What's the name of this one? Rob, Rob Roy. Yeah. <laughs> I've never fucking heard of this thing. It's uh, it's like pretty good Rob actually. Roy, all things he's considered. the actor in Willy in like Willy Wonka the new one who was in all those Tim Burton movies. No, Rob it's, Roy. It's a movie, right? <laughs> Uncle <Lopa? laughs> You know, a joke that I really loved was the the kid. Well, this whole sequence where the kid is like, "I gotta go home alone now." And he just runs in it. Like, at first, he runs into the frame like Macaulay Culkin from Home Alone. And then he has this scene of, like, oh, they're chasing me or whatever. Okay, sorry, mister. I got to go home alone now. And he runs off camera like Macaulay Culkin. I was yeah. like, this is so dumb that I, I kind of love yep. how desperate this is. Like, it was this weird meta zone. It However, didn't work for me. Um, what I will say is, uh, Roger Reese as Sheriff of Nottingham is a delight. Like, I don't want to get too ahead of ourselves, but, like, consistently all of his scenes were the highlights of the movie. Like, he stole every scene in his, like, You need a character. It's like, I I feel like he's he's taking Corman's place from, like, the older films. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah, totally. 
he has that same like drive and like projection that makes Corman so good because he's super like in, like invested in in into like he's gonna look like an ass, but he's like confident. God. He's oh yeah, just hamming it up though, and that's the that's the thing about Corman. Like like you know even in some of the like the movies that you guys didn't like, like the scene where Corman puts in the. The fake, uh, the fake teeth to terrorize the guy. It's such a silly scene. But like, uh, Roger Rees is like, he's definitely in the same place where like, throughout this whole movie, it's just, it's so ridiculous. Like, like the little things, like the way he shows up with his guards as they're humming the fanfare. It's just like silly. I, I found him endearing, but. I don't know if any of the jokes around him laughed. Like again, part of what or made this work was that he was so committed to it, and he was selling a bad script like a hundred and twenty-five percent. Oh, absolutely. Um, but I don't know. Other than like mixing up his words, what does he do that's funny ever i mean there's there's that hysterical scene where uh he brings bad news to the king or to the yeah, bank. <laughs> yeah. and he's like he's like he's laughing and like... gasping for air like wait a minute i have an idea maybe if you tell me the bad news in a good way it won't sound so bad to you the, the bad the bad news in, in a good way uh, uh, yes, yes, I can do that. Yes, bad news in a, a good, good way. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> oh, well, here goes. Um, <clears throat> <laughs> wait, wait till you hear this. I just bumped into Robin of Loxley. He's back from the Crusades. <laughs> you know, he just he just beat the crap out of me and my men. <laughs> he, you know, he hates you and he loves your brother Richard. <laughs> He wants to see you hanged. We're in an awful lot of trouble. What are you crazy? Why are you laughing? This is terrible news. What I I you. you you told me I, I was ju- just trying to soften the blow. I... Well, you blew it. They want you hanged! <laughs> <laughs> that, that's so funny because it's just like, it's little things like that that remind me of the classic Mel Brooks because it's really like situational mm-hmm. and just silly. It's two people with contrasting places of where they're at and what is funny and not like reality versus it, not and i kind of love that i don't know i it, it felt like a callback to like uh Tikoff and um the guy with the name we can't pronounce from like 12 chairs mm-hmm. yeah i don't know it just i wonder if this is almost a case where because i'm not nostalgic from this movie i'm being more critical of it that's because reasonable None of those for constant listeners about Paco's opinion. Yeah, Paco being more <laughs> critical. Yeah. Like it's hey, it's fucking hard to make a good movie. Hey, like it's know, very rare that it happens. But we need to come up with something else that's not good cop bad cop. But you're kind of like the the naughty bad bad. I'm just bad. very critical. Like it. But you critique because you love it. Yeah, you know, and 
He looked at silence. But I mean, again, like in in the later stretch <laughs> no, of he nodded Mel, in agreement of, of Mel Brooks's uh, kind of stinkers. This this one at least is a little less stinky. I guess. I mean, I think it's more enjoyable to watch, but yeah, I don't think that has anything to do with the filmmaking or anything other than the like casting. But it's it's yeah. almost it's so contemporary and ahead of its time. Like there's the no, Blinken character. Oh, there's the Blinken character. All of his character traits are so funny. Like how he's blind, blind and, and runs into stuff and, and punches stuff. Is like looking off camera. Yeah, uh, they kind of, they go like, they go pretty hard at that one. Um, I did like the Playboy. Uh, that that he has, or or the part where his where the fake boobs and his like dress were all misaligned. Yeah, mm-hmm. well, I think it's because he's so sneaking and adorable. Like I was wondering, in a different reality, I feel like that could have been Marty Feldman. Like that feels like such a Marty Feldmanish weird. Yeah, that would have been really fun. It would have been a much better movie if it was. Yeah, well, but it would have been a better movie if all the old uh, Brooks. Uh, crew had showed up instead of who we got with the exception of Reese and, and Dom DeLuise and yeah. Carrie oh dude Dom DeLuise which Dom DeLuise is, is in the movie yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. It, is, it is a Terry delight was saying, no because well, he got some of man, the old group that that uh, uh Oof, that scene, scene is so is long so bad it's it, it's the weirdest thing in this whole movie because I don't know if they were like ad-libbing or there was something like not only is the scene long, but it's completely unnecessary. And in a comedy it's... where you're trying to, okay, this, these are the people who are going to pursue our heroes. If mm-hmm. in a fast paced comedy like this, like this movie is a tight fat, like it's a, it's like a shorter, it's not a two and a half hour comedy. Thank God. But uh, like the fact that that scene is like seven minutes long or whatever is excruciating and it's not funny it's really it's like long. although there is one part that it's just like succinctly i'm not gonna suck what whatever that's uh was kind yeah. of cute. that was a little cute is it i thought that was adorable i don't know i i just like seeing dom deluise and i like the character but yeah the scene was kind of grating i agree i don't know richard don't know. lewis in the bathtub where it's the hot uh bubbles but it's people blowing yeah <laughs> blow <laughs> no. i just love that so yeah much. i don't remember that at all from when i was a kid that i was cracking up so much of like that's See, the but grossest like, like thing no I, it is like, really gross but it like it, he did a lot of similar stuff in Spaceballs, but none of them were funny like that yeah or like uh, king louis or whatever like it was the perfect amount of like richard lewis hamming it up too of like like I love too the return of the joke that's the uh, similar to uh, I- Igor's um, hump, hump, like the mole. The mole. <laughs> yeah. yeah, see, I, no. I don't love that because it just made me think of Young Frankenstein, which was a better movie. But, and that, but that was adorable. It, it felt so lazy. It felt like oh, we're recycling yet another joke. Um, I don't know. It. What about all the of... Rodney King jokes? Dude, there was I, one of those. There was that, one of those. Yeah, yeah, I was like, wow, that was that was out topical. of place. In the I praying kind mantis, of like that. Uh, the praying mantis kung fu they were doing was great. Yeah, that was bad. But dude, the Rodney, uh, King, you liked the Rodney King joke, Paco? I hope somebody's getting a video. Oh yeah, my God. that mean, was wild. White man can't jump. 
God. Which I didn't realize White Man Can't Jump was pre this movie. Yeah. Um, Dude, that movie rules. Yeah. I've only we ever saw that. Kind of like how you guys saw this a bunch in syndication. Oh, yeah, that's, a, that's how I saw it, too. That I don't like know if I've ever seen the whole movie. movie. I've just only seen it on Comedy Central back in, like, that's 2004. Right. I mean, it's a movie from its time. <laughs> and, I mean, it's it's kind of fascinating, too. Like, uh, the sets are pretty expansive and colorful. And even though, like, a lot of it looks like it was shot in, like, Griffith Park, like, L.A. and, like, Malibu on the beach and shit. But um, you're talking about Robin Hood. Yeah, and Robin Hood. Okay. Um, and and even like I think what I appreciated were some of the sets and how vivid they stood out from when I was a kid, like the prison set from the beginning and like the fairground set at the end and like little set pieces like the the shadow puppet parts and stuff. Like there's a lot of like cool genre stuff in that regard. And, like, the other thing that I took away was, like, there's a scene in the fair where it's, like, panning over a crowd, and each extra's costume was different. And I was like, that's insane that, like, in a movie that's like this, they, like, made a different costume, color, pattern per extra, and there's, like, 30 people. So I was like, it's just kind of interesting. Like, you, I miss this era of, like throwing money away in this like early you know this 90s ish <laughs> way because it's 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 just fascinating in that regard i don't know well and they definitely threw money away because like it was not it didn't make very much well just like Spaceballs, it found its it's uh you know it's wind beneath its wings on the home video market and again tbs <clears throat> but it, it right. grossed i think the budget was 20 million dollars which is wild and it grossed like all things considered like 70 just shy of, like maybe 68 million mm-hmm. so it was successful but not critically and really at this point people are are saying how kind of derivative and uh, you know aging even like some of the editing and like style choices in this movie felt like an old-timey movie uh i don't know yeah just misguided i guess i don't know and i loved some of the reviews of it um Mm -hmm. it there were just some great burns like <laughs> pauline uh, kale yeah i was gonna pa- say it. i feel like pauline kale might be dead by now um let me see if i can find one uh they call him like increasingly creaky spoofmeister mel brooks uh there's something a little desperate about portions of the film as if brooks were trying to connect with an audience he didn't really connect with uh and just like over and over, dunk after dunk, Siskel gave it one half of a star. Oh, wow. Um, and criticized the same thing I did, how he was recycling jokes from better movies. Like, oh, the, the return of the chastity belt. That was cool. It's like, that is the weirdest, like, that that was a weird flashback for me when I was a kid because I was like, I remember thinking, so she just how does she go to the bathroom if she's yeah. a lot, like i just remember that tripping me out the entire time like i would watch that because it was just like <laughs> why the fuck like, i didn't find it like, titillating i was that's like, definitely like little kid brain <laughs> yeah i was like mm-hmm. how does she go potty what the fuck i don't know it's just weird. i mean and but it's also just like a weird per- pervy like dumb i don't know it's just 
weird because it's not magical as much as it's like a controlled mechanism of like yeah seduction. patriarchy i do like the joke at the end though where the key doesn't actually open the lock mm-hmm. i guess yeah. i mean just because it was built up for so long it was but i don't know uh did you guys see the thing today about how some conservative magazine was making the case for teen pregnancy just going back to chastity belts and yeah. like how dudes are trying to you know make it so their daughters never fuck it's like you have to have some concern if you're a parent who like focuses on this weird thing in your child's like, life yeah, like it's kind of I'm weird. not a parent but I have to imagine I won't be stoked if my future child starts fucking but I also won't be bummed because it's just it's it's life life. it's it's like drinking water I'd have the same reaction where I'm just like oh my child is thirsty oh if they're you know whatever yeah I'd be more worried if my kid you know wasn't trying to get it wet at a certain point you know (laughs) or what's the equivalent for uh for women i i don't know if this is a conversation you want to keep having no this is great please, please <laughs> yeah. i mean i guess it's still getting it wet it's just how are it's we, their own thing now what do you mean by getting it wet uh you see jason <laughs> when a woman is sexually aroused <laughs> uh oh, what are they if i did if i had never seen that like what would that look like hypothetically right, like if i hadn't this is not the site for that. Uh, what, what's what's uh? It's time. It's time for the segment that I never remember the name. Saving of. face. Saving face. Saving face. Coming on face. <laughs> Stop it, God. Uh, and I hope Terry's parents don't listen to this because he is clearly blushing right now (laughs) this is where you win the pulitzer (laughs) this is gonna Uh, be broadcast boys yeah i'm not using my real name good night good luck (laughs) um i will have to go with carrie elvis uh is that how you pronounce it yeah it's elvis yeah elvis elvis sorry i say elvis because i like the it was a joke we she made on our is. Saw episode. That oh, was oh, bringing okay, over. okay, okay, yeah. um, gotcha. Which you'd know if you listened to the episode of yeah, the it's show. Not a huge fan. I'm sorry. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't put that on your resume. But it, there's a whole bunch of episodes. <laughs> that one. We had a yeah. test with a yeah, hundred questions through. on a Scantron, and you got that right. <laughs> and now we find out. It's okay. I don't listen to us either. Uh, Evan helped I'm me see it. Allegedly, no one does. J.K. Rowling, turf. Anyway. But yeah, he has enough charm to sort of carry a pretty bad movie. And every time he's on screen, I'm on board with it. But like reflecting on the movie and thinking about any specific joke, it's just like, whoo, that that was a stinker. Yeah. But he, <laughs> oh, like he makes King you forget Kong? about it. Larry King, and you're like, geez, these are just not funny. Like, they're not, it's not that I don't, I don't, I don't get it. It's like, oh, this is, uh... Bad. (laughs) (laughs) It's just, no, really, that's, there's nothing else to be said. It's just, it's not his best work. Yeah. What what about Uh, you, uh, Terry? 
It's Reese. You know it is. That like the sheriff of, of Rottingham is just so good. Like, yeah, he he he's the standout performance like in the whole movie. I think like Carrie always definitely carries it, but like Roger Reese like steals the scenes. Yeah, yeah I'd say that's fair. I think I think I'm in the same boat. I think that he we're we're a couple of uh, Reese's pieces, Terry. <laughs> um, I think that he's such a physical performer, and I feel like one of the other things that was always vivid to me about this movie was like his bombastic performance because he's so theatrical and like just the way he projects his voice and like the rigidness of his like beard line and shit. It, like he's just <laughs> such a cartoon. That oh, yeah. is, is so like fun to watch so like he definitely steals the show for me you know what kind of is a disappointment though is uh amy yasbach as marion like i don't uh, know i thought she did a fine job she's but, not like, my favorite in in the movies that mel brooks has made they're always kind of like the musical component but her song the marion song was it wasn't humorous and it was kind of this dreary like is the joke that it's so melodramatic that we're pulling this out like the space balls long you mm-hmm. know like i was just like she sings in this movie you see her cleavage in this movie and then she like roots for robin hood and hangs out with Broomhilda. like i'm trying uh, yeah like, it's her character she has nothing to do in the yeah. script but she's but, still like endearing too, where she's so like enthusiastic. Like, I don't know. Yeah, she's selling the like hardest part of this movie to sell, and she does it. Like, yeah, I don't think she stands out as much because she doesn't have anything to do. Yeah, but the fact that That's she's fair. not clearly a black hole in this movie. Uh, tells me that something worked i guess that's that's that definitely says something though i do i miss madeline Kahn though oh yeah well especially yeah Same. like the von stupp song versus the marion song and you're like how can you have one f- i don't know it just is so weird well to but think did about. did like, mel brooks even write a song in this movie like again there's there's not even like that well he worked with a different composer i know for sure that whose name is like hummy man or something Oh yeah, I saw that in the opening. <laughs> Mel Brooks is credited as writing the Men in Tight song, which is adapted from the, like uh, History of the World Part One, like the music in what like Jews in Space. That's like we're Jews, mm-hmm. we're Jews in Space. But he's also credited with writing the Marion song God, <laughs> and the Sherwood Forest rap. Okay, well I guess oh, I stand corrected. God, no. He wrote all the songs, the and they're rap. all so bad, I couldn't even tell they were him. Of course he did the rap. Yeah, yeah, that makes a lot of yeah. sense, actually. Yeah, that's bad. The, that's, like, one of the worst parts of the whole movie, is the rap. Like, it's just terrible. It's unnecessary. You know and it, what it, and it, what's up? No, no, please. Oh, I just did the book into the rap. It just, it really hits you. And it just doesn't, like, serve a purpose. Like, I know, like, there's some comedies, like, where, like, a narrator or, like, a musician will will come in and they'll kind of do something, like, yeah, Lebowski, uh, like, something, or, like, surreal or, like, something Or I'm like even that. thinking, like, the animated Robin Hood, the, the Disney one from the yeah, 70s. totally. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. So, uh, any final thoughts on this one, you guys? <laughs> uh, not, not, uh, not his best work, not his worst work. All right. I guess catch us next week when we chat 
Dracula, dead and loving it. Maybe. Please remember to rate, review, subscribe if you like us, and don't if you don't. Um, and I hope you're giving yourself a lot of love. It's been a tough time out there. We will catch you then. Hey, Blinken. Did you say A. Blinken? No, I say A. Blinken. I said, hey, Blinken. Hold the reins, man.